Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Phoenix, Arizona today with a return guest. You may recognize Dustin Heiner's name from our Fresno, California episode. Dustin grew up in Fresno, but he moved to Phoenix several years ago to be closer with his wife's family. He's going to share with us where to hike to find amazing views of the city, why baseball fans love Phoenix in March, and where to find amazing fish tacos and enchiladas. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Phoenix. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Dustin, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thanks, Lee. I'm super excited to be here with you. And it's fun that I get to actually talk about a whole different city that oh, I've been living here for a couple of years now. I've learned a ton. So talking about Fresno originally, now talking about Phoenix, I'm super excited about it. Exactly. We had such a great time the first time around. I actually had a chance to meet you after we recorded the first one. And uh, we became good friends, even better. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's talk about your new city, Phoenix. Uh, I used to have cousins that live there. Some of them still do, and it's always been a, a really fun place to visit, and so we want to be able to talk to you and, and find out what you think of the town. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been living here for, like I said, a little over two years now, and I really, really like Phoenix, even though people say, oh, man, it gets hot. And yes, it gets hot. Of course, it's the we're in the desert. The winters are absolutely amazing here. What's also really super cool is there are monsoon season. The August is really the big monsoon season. And rain just comes through, lightning storms and all that sort of stuff. We get like torrential rains. It's just a awesome environment. If you've never seen like a monsoon rain come through, it's surreal. Like rivers that are normally dry get full within like in three or four hours, they're gone. Like the water's gone. It's, it's just, it's really, really neat to see something like this in the desert. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's just gotta be like one of those natural phenomenons that you just have to see at least once in your life. Yeah, even dust storms, like dust storms would be basically dust or, you know, sand or basic about a mile high wall of dust literally flying towards you as you're we're watching it. It looks like just a wall and then it hits you and everything's all dark and then it goes away. It's, it's just really neat. You know, I've never experienced that. So it was really exciting for me to see that, too. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that and I forget the name of it. It's it's something weird. Like, I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, I don't it's, know it. it's like a really cool thing. And it reminds me of like that scene from uh, from the Mummy movies, you know, with like Brandon Frazier and stuff like that. Where exactly. You just, literally, it's like a block of sand coming at you and there's nothing you can do to escape it. That's absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> okay. So if people have listened to the Fresno episode, or maybe if they, if new listeners haven't listened, uh, definitely go back and listen to that one. Fresno's where you grew up. You lived there for a majority of your life. What brought you to Phoenix and, and what's, uh, what's kind of keeping you there? Yeah. So I came to Phoenix because both my mom and stepdad had passed away and it was time for us to 
get closer to my in-laws. Now we would go to our Fresno to Phoenix and it's about a 10 hour drive. So we go there maybe once or twice a year to visit my wife's parents. And she's from here. My wife's from here, from Phoenix. And I figure it was time to be closer to them so that they can really get to know them a much, much, much better, at least a couple of years. I mean, they're, you know, 74, 75 years old. So you're getting older. You know, once you hit like 80 years old, you stop moving very much. And so while they're still able to move around and be with the family, I wanted my kids to get to know them as much as possible. Absolutely. So, so now that you've been there for a couple of years... Uh- how would you describe the city or the people in a couple words? Well, I would think an easiest one is freedom. Coming from California, there's much less freedom, even though there is in general, you know, you're still in America in general, but getting out here, there's so many less laws and so many different, uh, less restrictions. Now you being in Tennessee, you know, you might be able to feel that as well, but getting out of California, getting into Phoenix, you just feel much more free. Now the people here in Phoenix are, what's really interesting is Phoenix is huge. There's the Metro Phoenix, like the downtown Phoenix, where the airport is and all that sort of stuff. But then it branches out and you have the southeast is where Tempe and Mesa, southwest is where Goodyear. So there's there's many cities all around. And where I'm at, I'm in the northwest, which is where Glendale and Peoria is where I live. And there's also Surprise. But there's also Scottsdale, which is the uh, northeast, which is a really expensive area, really, really nice, well-kept area. I mean, homes are twice as much there as opposed to anywhere else. And so it's huge. And literally, if I'm driving from where my house is to the southeast where Tempe is, Tempe and Mesa, it'll take me a good 45 minutes to drive there on a freeway that you're driving, not like California where it's 65 miles an hour. Here it's 75 miles an hour. You know, with driving 75 miles an hour, you're still taking 45 minutes. So it's a huge, huge area. Well, yeah, actually, if you're in California, you're driving that 60 miles, it may take you three hours, honestly. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the people here in general are super nice. They're not like, I don't know, other places where people are like, hey, how you doing? And like, like Utah, everybody's really, really friendly. You know, you go to Walmart, they're like, hi, every, not just the workers there, the people that are walking around in, in uh, Walmart, they'll be say hi to you. But here they're, they're friendly. But at the same time, it's not so fast paced like California, where it's just like people don't care and they kind of cut you off and all that sort of stuff. But the people are really, really friendly. I have found that people are very... Just just open in general and really cool to talk to. Sure. And so uh, when people come into Phoenix, obviously when they first think about Phoenix, you're thinking about the heat. You think it's a desert. You know that the summertime, it's almost like you're like you're sticking your face into an oven. I mean, it, it's it's pretty hot during the summer, right? But what are some of the other times of the year that are best to visit? So between October all the way through once you get into May, it starts getting hot. So in about May, it's about 95 degrees. June, July, August, September, it's pretty hot. Now, there's a difference between sticking your head in an oven, which is hot, you know, a 100 degree oven or 105 degree oven where you put your head in there. It's definitely hot. But imagine a 100 degree steam. It's not humid here. It's it's just such a difference with having like 17% humidity as opposed to Tennessee probably gets up to what, 75, 85% humidity. I know um, I was in Florida last year and it got to be 100% humidity and 95 degrees. It was 
disgusting. I would take 120 of Phoenix be at 17 degrees uh, percent humidity because if you stand in the shade and you're outside, you sweat a little bit, the wind blows and it blows here a good amount. It actually feels okay. Like I'm like, wow, this feels like I'm not dying. But the best time of year is absolutely the winter time to springtime is just terrific. So anything from October all the way to May, those are the best times to come here to Phoenix. Yeah. To, I mean, to your point, like when we were driving from California to Nashville, moving here, we stopped in Phoenix to go see my cousins. And yeah, like you said, it, it is crazy hot. I mean, you're talking 110, 115 degrees in the sun. But you know, if you go into the shade, you actually kind of get used to it a little bit. Like you, yeah, you feel hot, but it's not, your skin's not melting. And a lot of people have pools anyway. So you're going to be able to go chill out in the pool anyways. Yes. I love it. Now, actually what's funny is I hated heat until I moved here. Then I realized how awesome heat actually is. I do so many more things outdoors because of the weather in general. Well, nice. And, and thinking of the outdoors, I, I know the Phoenix, obviously you're gonna, during the summertime, you're going to do it early in the morning. During the wintertime, you can do it pretty much any time of the day, but I know they have a lot of great hiking trails there. Although it is the desert, there are some mountains there that you can hike and, and explore. What is really, really neat about Phoenix, and I didn't realize this until I came, I thought it was just a flat desert, you know, sand everywhere, but there are good sized mountain ranges. They call them mountain ranges. They're not like the Sierra Nevadas or, you know, I don't know what the, I can't remember what the mountain range in the East coast is, you know, it's not like the Alps or something like that, but they are decent sized mountain where, and they, they're pretty jagged and they look really, really cool. So as far as hiking, this is a city that people love to get outside. That's why people move here because they can get outside. There are so many great hiking trails as well as hiking up the sides of the mountain. Now, I'll give you one specific, one of my favorite hikes. It's called Camelback Mountain. And it's probably about a two-mile hike there and then two-mile back. So it's not that that long, but it is a good amount of climbing and you're getting pretty steep. At the very end, once you're at the very top, you literally see the entire city and you see the mountain ranges in the back. You see up to Flagstaff. You can literally see Flagstaff from that mountain range and you can see all like a 360-degree view. There's just one outcropping of mountains. When you're at the top, it just it's an amazing, amazing view. So that's Camelback Mountain. And there are also... Many, many trails, like every single one of these mountains, which there are a good amount of these mountains just popping up everywhere. It's fantastic. And especially in the wintertime, um, you know, I went, hiked up Camelback Mountain and it was maybe like 55 degrees, 60 degrees. I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts and felt great. Didn't even break a sweat. And it was terrific. So yes, hiking is all over here. Nice. And then you mentioned Flagstaff. That's actually a place where a lot of the people in Phoenix, they go there during the winter. My, my aunt and uncle used to have a place up in Flagstaff and if you want to go during the winter and actually want to be able to see some snow, that's also a good place to go as well. That's only what, like maybe two hours away, three hours away. It's about two and a half hours away. And when you're here in Phoenix, if you want to travel and you want to see a little bit outside of it, there are some fantastic things. So Flagstaff is absolutely one. There's a ski resort there that I, we have season passes to. So we go skiing. My family does up there. So it's about three and a half out, three hours to the lift. And so we'll, that's when we start skiing. But here, I'll give you a plan because this is something that I had to kind of work out as I was, you know, being here. So there's a couple of things. Now, definitely if you have kids, it's also another great thing. If you started at seven in the morning and you started driving north from Phoenix and you stop and you look, you see Sedona. Sedona is about an hour and a half away from Phoenix and it's beautiful. I mean, if you just look at pictures in Sedona, it's like the beautiful red rocks, huge cliffs, and it's, it's just an absolutely fantastic place to visit. So you have to stop there on the way up. So you're taking the 17 on up, you stop at Sedona, 
and you go see, maybe have some breakfast or maybe you know, coffee or something. There's a lot to do there. Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of giving you a one day trip. You get back on the freeway, maybe about an hour later, start going up, you go into Flagstaff. And in Flagstaff, it's basically a town that's in the mountains. It's really, really fun there. And so what I would do is stop by there and just you know see a little bit of a town. But from there, you make a left turn, like you're going west, and you go all the way down. And there's two places you got to see. Number one is... Barazona. It's basically a zoo. It's a privately um, run zoo, but it's called Barazona and they have whole tons of different animals. And so it's better than a just, you know, an average zoo. It's actually really, really cool. So my family loves to go there. So after Barazona, this is the last thing. So on this one day trip, you're going to go to the Grand Canyon. So once you get to Barazona, you're basically there to the Grand Canyon. You have another 30 minute drive north to Grand Canyon. So this is my opinion. Some people are different, but after about two hours of looking at the Grand Canyon, I mean, it's, it's majestic. It's awe-inspiring. It's fantastic. But after about two hours, it's about more of the same. You just, you keep walking. It's the same look. And so I don't need to spend three days there. Two hours is plenty just to get the breadth and scope of the Grand Canyon. See how amazing, like everybody should see this. It's, it's, it's amazing. And then once you're done, that's your day. And you've got so much packed in that day and you got to see a ton of great things and then drive back, you know, another you know, three and a half hours and you're back. Sure. Now, Grand Canyon is, like you said, is absolutely amazing. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you after, unless you're going to go hiking down into it, maybe camp down there, you know, ride the river, something like that. If you're just going to go look at it, once you go to like three or four different spots. Okay. Yep. Next thing you know, it, yeah, it's just a hole in the ground, you know, yeah, and yeah. It, it sounds like almost blasphemous to say that about the Grand Canyon, <laughs> but after a little while, like, okay, there's only so many different vantage points you can see of the Grand Canyon and its majesty until it just gets old and boring. Yeah. And you know, what's actually really funny. We took a little, like a tour thing that they have there and they were saying that the first people that, you know, uh, Americans that discovered or, you know, came across the Grand Canyon, they basically said, this is a worthless area. Like it's literally worthless, <laughs> which being a business owner, being somebody that's like, I want to be able to utilize things. Like you can literally not do anything there because it's a big hole in the ground. It's huge. Now, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But they were thinking in terms of productivity and, and, you know, making the land better. Like you literally cannot use it because it is gargantuan. I mean, it is absolutely huge and it's a breathtaking sight to see. Oh, absolutely. So like I said, we were all the way in the Northwest corner of Arizona, looking at the Grand Canyon. Let's, let's dial it back. Let's get back to Phoenix. Some of the things to do there every year in spring training, we're recording this in April during February, March timeframe is spring training. Some people go from all over to come here to watch a spring training. I think there's like maybe four or five different teams that actually come here and train. And where I physically live in Peoria, we have um, a stadium that's literally half a mile, if not a mile away at most, where these major league teams play and do their spring training. So it's not just Peoria, but Surprise, which go a little bit west. They have a whole complex there for teams to practice and train. Basically, this is the mecca for spring training. Teams come here, and, and so it's a great time of year. We get so many people, like the streets fill up. I, I know when spring training is because the streets fill up with cars. <laughs> right on. So for the people that aren't really into sports and everything like that, let's talk about the rest of the city. And when you fly in, obviously you're going to fly into the Phoenix airport. When you get there, I know it's not in the middle of the city. It's off to the side. What's the best way to get into town? Do you need to rent a car? Uh, is there public transportation? What's the best way to, for people to get around when they visit Phoenix? Phoenix is gargantuan. I mean, it's literally huge. Now, if you're going to go to downtown Phoenix, just take an Uber. You're really going to be totally fine. I've even taken an Uber from the airport 
which is maybe a 30 minute drive to my house. And it was like $25. And so they're really methodical here in Phoenix. So they have a freeway, the 101 loop, and it basically loops around the entire area of Phoenix. So the entire city, it loops around everything from where I am in Peoria around Phoenix to Scottsdale and back around down to, to Tempe. And so if you take that, it'll probably take you a good, maybe two hours driving around the entire loop. But this is a great way to travel in, I guess, quick order to get to a certain area. And that's what we take on our Uber from the airport all the way to us. Like I said, it's it's like 20 miles or 30 miles from the airport. But Uber is a great way to go. Yeah, and that's really smart because that way it avoids of all the, the, the traffic and all the, the crunch of all the cars if you're having to drive through downtown to get some places. Yes, absolutely. And I had friends that come visit and um, they just take an Uber to, you know, I meet them somewhere closer to downtown Phoenix and I just meet them. They just take an Uber over. Nice. And so like if you're renting a car and you're driving around, what's the parking situation like in Phoenix? Is, is it pretty expensive? Is there plentiful parking? How does it work? There's actually a ton of parking. It's actually n- uh, not bad. In the places that I've gone, I haven't had to pay. If there are, it's like in the downtown Phoenix where they actually have um, huge uh, tall skyscrapers and stuff, then you have to pay because you know, you know they're trying to make money on the streets as well as the parking lots. But if you get outside of that, usually you won't have to pay anywhere. Okay, that sounds good. And then obviously we're there. We, we kind of worked up an appetite doing all the hiking and, and cruising around, checking out everything. What are some of the places that you recommend eating when you when people visit Phoenix? So I'm speaking more because I've lived in the the Northwest. So this is the area that I'm speaking of. So in the Northwest. So if you like hamburgers, there is a fantastic hamburger joint. It's called Rocket Burger. It is super, super good. The food is just phenomenal. Um, the onion rings are just terrific. They have, it was a deep fried zucchini and things like that. But the burgers are huge and they are amazing. What's also really cool in this one restaurant, they have like, 400 types of bottled soda. If you look at any pictures, they have just refrigerator after refrigerator of bottled sodas of a whole bunch of different kinds. It's it's pretty unique. And so usually in the West Coast, you won't be able to get birch beer. It's like root beer, but birch beer is more on like the East Coast, more Northeast. And I actually found it here. I was like, hey, you got to get some birch beer. It's great. So um, Rocket Burger is fantastic. Are their burgers, are they more traditional? Or are they, you know, I know, I know like the big trials, they get all foo-foo and, and crazy with the burger designs. Are they more traditional or are they a little bit more on the, on the out and left field? Okay, that's a fantastic question. Think of a hole in the wall. That's what this place feels like. It feels like a hole in the wall, which I love those types of places, especially if they have good food. And the food, the burgers are something that you and I would make at home and then times it by 10 with with awesomeness. So it's something that you're be like, you know, it's just a little basket with paper on it, you know, on top of it. And you put the fries in there. So fantastic, fantastic place to eat a burger. I got a couple more for you. One, because you're in Arizona, you have to go find good Mexican food. And there is not a lot of good Mexican food places in general, I would say around the the America, if not other places, but in Phoenix, you're going to get some great Mexican food. I'm going to give you one taco stop. It's like a taco stand. And in fact, literally the sign on the, the building, it literally just says tacos. That's it. Just tacos. But the name is Tacos Khalifa. Tacos Khalifa. I'm not sure what Khalifa means. I'm somebody who, who speaks Spanish would know. The tacos are fantastic. Now, I would say the salsa is very lacking. Like very, I don't even eat it because it's that bad. But the meat is fantastic. Everything about everything else that they have there is really, really good. And I'll give you one more great Mexican food place. Now, if you look on Yelp, for some reason, they only have two and a half stars. And my wife is a Mexican food connoisseur. This is her absolute favorite Mexican food place. It's called Top Shelf. 
Mexican food. It's in the northwest corner like of Phoenix, like I was saying, where I am. But she absolutely loves that place. We go there as much as, as many times as we can. So she loves Top Shelf. And I think it's a great, great place to go. What would you say is like some of the best things they offer there? My, well, I love the fish tacos. Fish tacos are terrific there. And my wife loves the enchiladas. She said the enchilada sauce and just how they do the enchiladas are her favorite way that they do it. All right. Well, yeah, my wife is, uh, she's Hispanic as well. And so she loves anytime she can get Mexican food. And, you know, now we're, we're here over in, in, in Tennessee, uh, Mexican food isn't exactly their specialty. So, <laughs> so when we travel back to, to the West coast, we always stop and, and make sure we get some good Mexican food for her. So we'll have to add uh, top shelf to the list for sure. I'm going to give you one more then I have to say this because it is super fun. So if you are in Phoenix, this is basically like the Wild West. I love it. It's just, it, it fits my personality really, really well. You have to go to a rodeo restaurant. Now there's one called Roadrunner Restaurant. It's the northeast corner getting a little past Scottsdale, but you get out more in the desert and it's called the Roadrunner Restaurant and it's off of the 17 freeway. What's super cool there is the food is really, really good. They barbecue, or they like smoke and barbecue meats and stuff like that. They have more like like barbecue type food. Um, but it's like a saloon too. And it's totally cool for kids. I brought my kids and everything. But they have a rodeo on Saturday nights where they actually have bull riding. And that is, if you've never seen it, it is so fun watching bull riding. So I would say go to Roadrunner Restaurant and, and experience the whole atmosphere of a rodeo in the, in the Wild West. And couple that right before there's good horseback riding that you ride through the desert. It's super fun to ride through the desert, seeing everything like the cactus and the hills and rocks and all that sort of stuff on horseback riding and then go to that rodeo. That's what we did. It was a tremendous amount of fun. Okay. So let me ask uh, a lot of restaurants that kind of have fun. It's like the mechanical bull. These are actual like real bulls that people are riding right there at the restaurant? They have a whole huge area. These are guys trying to get into the the EBR, you know, the professional bull riding. These are qualifying, you know, meets to get in there and it's every Saturday night. Wow. That is such a unique experience. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it was great. I even took pictures and got video of them doing it and seeing them getting bucked off. Oh, it, honestly, some people might be thinking, you know, bull riding, that's just weird. I agree. It's, it's it, like, it's, it's something only guys would do, you know, not very many women, <laughs> like, like guys for some reason love to, you know, challenge themselves with things that can kill them. So yeah. uh, it was really fun. That's great. Now, uh, before we go, I know there's uh, one other place you talked about that there's a lot of pokey places around there in Phoenix too. There are. So I never heard of pokey. I had no idea what that actually was until literally like three months ago. And I say, like, what's pokey? And so pokey, pokey is basically like, think of like a sushi roll. You know, sushi has um, raw fish and wasabi and things like that, soy sauce. But think of that like exploded out into a salad bowl or the, you could do rice instead of salad. But they put all the sashimi, sashimi is the, the raw fish. They put all of that into a salad bowl and they put literally heapings and heapings of toppings on it. So imagine like a Subway sandwich where you're picking as you go down the line. Same exact thing. You're like, okay, I want the yellowtail tuna and then I want the whatever, you know, type of fish they have. And then all these types of seasonings and sauces and extras is just fantastic. So pokey places around here are really, really good. Do you have anyone that you would recommend? Yeah. Pokey bar. It's actually right next to me. Like, like I would say I could almost throw a rock and hit it. And so I go there quite a bit. I'm a regular there, but, uh, it's just super, super delicious. And so pokey bar is the one I go to. Nice. So when we roll up, we're going to say, Hey, Dustin sent us because, uh, obviously they know for you, <laughs> there you go. Do they have like a little table set aside. That's like specifically just for you. 
They need to. You know what? I pay enough <laughs> money into that. They should. Exactly. Well, hey, Dustin, thank you for sharing all these really cool ideas about Phoenix. Uh, we're going to have more of this in the show notes, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in Phoenix, where should they go and what should they eat? I'm going to give you two, I, and it's the ones I already brought up. If you like burgers, you have to get a, a, a Rocket Burger. They're just absolutely fantastic. But not everybody's into that because I was thinking, if you are here in Phoenix, you have to get Mexican food. And I would suggest go to Tacos Khalifa and get some awesome street tacos. Right on. I'm definitely ready to go. I want some burgers. I like some tacos. <laughs> and then uh, I know you're not much of a drinker, but I'll wash it down with some beers and I'll be a happy boy. Oh, we, we got plenty of breweries here, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of stuff here for that, too. Nice. So you've only been there a couple of years, but you've been going back and forth for many years with your family. What's one of your most memorable stories of Phoenix? I would say my more favorite one was that trip to go horseback riding. And then at the same time that, that night, we went to dinner at the Roadrunner Roadhouse and had dinner there, watched the bull riding. But there is something that's coming up that hopefully we're going to do. So there's hot air balloon riding everywhere in Phoenix, like all over. You can get in a hot air balloon, go up in the sky and it's great. But you're looking at a desert. And so it's not that great. Now, if you go up to Sedona, which is something we're going to do in the, probably the next couple of weeks, we've with weather, we had to stop and postpone it. But go up to Sedona and you do hot air balloon riding. It's not that expensive. You know, it's, it is a little bit, but it's not horrible. And it's absolutely beautiful up there and getting up there and floating up there is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Especially, like you said, seeing all the rock formations up there in Sedona, like the red rocks and everything. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful up there. Speaking of happy times and everything, where's the happiest happy hour? Like I discovered last time when we talked about Fresno, you're not a big drinker, but uh, you're like me, you love uh, affordable food. So uh, where should they go if they're coming there for a happy hour? So what is really, really neat is, and I'm going to keep going back to Tacos Khalifa, they have Taco Tuesdays, and two, tacos are like half off or something like that, which you can eat just a, a ton of them, but they have a whole bunch of different types of beers and stuff like that that there, and they also have that happy hour as well, it's time for you to get in there and definitely have an enjoyable time. Hey, you know, good beers, good food, and good friends, because I'm going to obviously call you when I come visit, so uh, oh, yeah. that, that sounds like a winning combination for me. Well, the next time our conference that we go to, hopefully they'll pick it in Phoenix and like, hey, let's do it. That would be awesome. So uh, my number one food is pepperoni pizza. So uh, where's the best pepperoni pizza in Phoenix? My opinion that Don's New York pizza. It's probably one of the better places in the area. I think pizza is terrific. It's it's at, literally in Peoria, so it's not in Phoenix. It's more northwest, but it's not too far of a drive. But Don's New York pizza. So if it, considering it's New York pizza, so it's more like the thin, like big slices, you fold it and eat it that way? Correct, yes. Nice. You gotta you got love that New York style. There's always the battle between New York and Chicago style. And a little bit of Detroit style in there too, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's great is it's not like a chain. It's not like a, a Giordano's. There's a Giordano's here in this area too, which is the Chicago style, which is really, really good. But you know, it's a chain. It's still a good. But this definitely, you're going to look at it. You're like, oh, wow, look at this. This is real New York pizza here in Phoenix. This is great. That sounds wonderful. So... Again, Dustin, uh, maybe some people don't remember the, the episode from Fresno, or obviously we have a lot of new listeners now. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do and how people can reach you on, online. Yeah, thank you. So I was able to move out, out here to Phoenix without even getting a job. And the reason why is because I invest in real estate and I invest in rental properties, like specifically rental properties and getting passive income every month. So I don't have to work anymore. Money comes in whether I work or not. And so basically when I travel, when I sleep, when I do it, I make money. And so now what I've done was transition now because I don't need a job. I have plenty of money coming in. I transitioned to now helping people. So if you ever want to find me, I have a podcast, Master Passive Income. 
podcast, which is where I share everything about rental properties, how you can do it. You can quit your job with rental properties, but I also have masterpassiveincome.com. So you go there and you can find me. And even if you wanted to have a free course, I have a free investing course for you to download masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, free course. That'll get you right into where you can start really seeing how awesome real estate rental properties are. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I had the pleasure of actually being on your podcast talking about uh, my real, my real estate, uh, sorry. I know that even though I've been doing real estate for a number of years, uh, I always picked up little things uh, right from your free course, and I, I implemented them into everything I'm doing, and I really appreciate you offering that free course for everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Lee. Dustin, it's been great talking to you again, and thanks for being on the show and sharing everything you know about Phoenix. Great. All right, great. Well, we'll see you when we travel there. Thanks for having me, Lee. Now, Phoenix is incredibly hot in the summer, but the rest of the seasons are amazing times to visit. You can hike Camelback Mountain or take day trips to see the beauty of the Grand Canyon and Horseshoe Bend, go skiing in Flagstaff, or take a hot air balloon ride to gaze at the Red Rocks in Sedona. With Arizona bordering Mexico, the Mexican food here is delicious. But there's amazing food for any palate. I'm ready to check out the Saturday Night Rodeo and Barbecue at the Rodeo Restaurant, and then grab a slice of New York pizza at Don's. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Phoenix, Arizona. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Phoenix. And you can join the conversation in the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. And you can ask us any questions about your upcoming destinations. Join us next time as we visit Craig Wieland of the English podcast in Valencia, Spain. We paella and tapas while drinking wine at the beach. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. We'll be right back.